Hello, fellow Switches. What's up, Switches Nation? This is Sara. And this is Zoe. And we are back yet again to talk more about Motherland for Salem. Even though we're not recovered from the finale yet. We won't be anytime soon. Today, we are joined by a dear friend. Fellow corn buddy, Lila. Hey. Hello, it's me, the infamous how are you feeling after the finale, Lila? Is there even an answer that would fit? It's just so much to cram into 45 minutes. Yeah, I mean, if I had to choose a word to describe the finale, it would be chaotic. Almost all the main characters had a cliffhanger, which will need some resolving next season. Yeah, honestly, there is so much to unpack. What did you guys um, expect to happen in this episode and what surprised you? I kind of expected that Scylla would get out somehow because you can't just stay somewhere forever. But whether she escaped on her own or did it with some help, I did not know. The promo threw me off a bit on Anacostia helping because she was on the ground. It looked like there was some force happening. Um, I also expected the team to split up a bit because the entire season we had seen them uh, grow and bond as a team, but now it's time for them to go off and have their own storylines. I was mm-hmm. also surprised that um, Tally stepped up to take the mantle of being a biddy because there was just not as much lead up to it. Yeah, I have to agree with you, Lila, to some degree. Like, I was very surprised that Tally would take up the responsibility of being a biddy. But that's only to some degree, because if you think back to Abiddy's life, uh, episode three, Tally, in her moment in the museum, she really kind of revered the Biddies and talked about their sacrifice and how much it would be an honor to be one or represent her country in that way. So there was some foreshadowing, I think, in that aspect but then the whole thing with Alder and City Drop happening, she changed her tune a lot. And she had a lot of aggression in the last episode to Alder, building up until that moment where Alder explained why she made the decisions she made. And she had, like, you know, she had no um, obligation to tell them why she made the call she did. So then when the whole incident happened, when her biddy started going down and Alder got hit too, the fact that I think Tally kind of honestly panicked. I don't think she intentionally knew she was going to be like, yeah, I'm going to be a biddy for Alder at some point in my life. Mm -hmm. But she knew at that time it was bigger than her and they needed Alder alive. So then she sacrificed herself in in that moment. So it was interesting to, to see her go from worship to kind of betrayal, distrust, to, you know, serving Alder all in one season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. Uh, personally, what I expected from the episode was Willa showing up. Like, I was 100% sure that she was alive and she was going to turn up this episode. Although, I was kind of almost surprised that the fandom was also right about her being spree like wow that was uh one of the first theories that we ever talked about in our group chat that all three of us are in right Zoe yeah I've been saying from day one 
that Willow was not dead. Because how else would Scylla know to target Rael? Other than the fact that we learn later on, they say she has some, she's really powerful. But how would they know that she's really powerful other than having a close or personal interest and like investment in Rael, you know? Because when she comes to Fort Salem, other than us starting to learn about her powers and her abilities through training scenes and stuff like that, we don't know how powerful mm-hmm. she is. She's just like kind of like a rebellious teenager whose mom died and she's like, you know, not feeling the army. She does not want to be conscripted, you know? <laughs> so um, I just knew there had to be a connection. And I was like, I bet you Willa's mom told Scylla to go after Rael. That was my first impression. Now we learned that Scylla had really had no idea that it was w- Willa who was, like, you know, mm-hmm. it all. But it was pretty, I still think it was implied that, you know, her mom was involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I uh, we need to give a shout out to Kim as well, who was involved in the making of this theory and supported this theory since the beginning. I think it was especially what gave it away was when they explained that she was like in glass and they broke out what they could of her. Like if you don't fully have, I guess, the person or something, it's kind of suspicious, you know? Mm. Yeah, so the fandom totally guessed that and um you know at first at first I thought it was far-fetched and then I was totally on board with it and then I started thinking again maybe it's far-fetched and then I was like oh well we were all right cool I mean (laughs) it's amazing though I was going to say, it kind of makes sense, though, too, from Willa's letters, and she's saying how tired she was of the army, like, yeah, and she was just tired fighting, you know, and mm-hmm. part of that had to do with, um, supposedly, like, she was getting punished for marrying a civilian, you know, Rael's dad. That's actually something I'm really interested in seeing in season two, because if she did marry a civilian, and supposedly, I mean, we don't have a reason to think that she didn't love him at some point at least so it's possible that like willa is not really on board with the whole witches versus human thing or at least that's not her main motive for being part of the spree so i'm interested to see why she's in the spree and i'm thinking it's probably more about the violence against witches i think it's really about the freedom honestly too of the witches like can, they want to be free from description where you're not forced to fight for something you don't necessarily believe in you know or yeah. you have to sacrifice your lives for like why can't i go live off with my civilian husband and not be punished for it that breaks another boundary of when they talk about love as love you know sexuality and kind of like th- this underlying theme of motherland mm-hmm is acceptance of who you love, even if they're from necessarily a different class of people, which versus civilian. What did surprise me, though, and bear with me on this, um, was the death scene. Like, I knew the mushroom was going to play a part in the finale, but I was really not expecting Riel to legit die. And, you know, Abigail as well, for that matter. But the... The thing that surprised me, the shocking thing for me, was the feeling that came with that scene. I I did not feel scared one bit. Like, I wasn't worried at all. And that's obvious, you know, because we already knew that the characters, all the main characters, were going to survive the season. So we had that security. And 
in a way, I suppose normally you could say it's a bad thing to to be so safe about the characters because you're supposed to feel for them. But in this case, to me, it just feels amazing because of the queer aspect. Riel is a gay character and, you know, lesbians have a bit of a tendency to die on screen. (laughs) So to be able to watch a scene like that without any sort of fear, without any sort of doubt, it was so refreshing for me and heartwarming, honestly. It was just such a beautiful experience that I'm so grateful for to Elliot. So yeah, as as a queer person, it it feels great to be able to trust this show as much as I do. I really feel amazingly represented by this show. Well, I did I did care for them, but I didn't feel as scared about them as I was feeling like heartbroken for Tally because she was forced to sit there and watch this happen because she couldn't go out and help them. She was, mm-hmm. in, in a sense, watching her family die. Yeah. And just having to sit there and watch that, I... That would break me. I mean, the instant she took her charm off, she gets stabbed in the heart. Like, come on. <laughs> like, first of all, can we just talk about that boy? Like, I feel like if it were up to me, I would have chucked the 50-pound child into the helicopter. <laughs> like, no, I, wait, wait. there weren't enough seats or anything. I would have just thrown that kid onto someone's lap, <laughs> first of all. I mean, but in all seriousness, yeah, like, Tally watching that, and the fact that Abigail, without question, watched that, she blasted the dude away, and then she ran over to Rael, and without thinking, she immediately linked with her, and knowing that that was a heart wound, like, you know, it's a serious wound, what else do you expect when you link with someone like that? Like, if if she did fit like heal it and all that she would have taken the burden of that so she was willing to sacrifice her life just to save Rael. she really does love that shit bird (laughs) (laughs) um but i really shows the progression of their character arc and their trust and their unit ability like not unit ability their unit um strength because like from the beginning she was you know calling her a shepherd and they're like it was you know pompous they had names about that she didn't trust rael she was following her around places because she kept avoiding training and really sketchy and she was gonna mess up her chances for war college and even then she got a she got a one-way ticket into war college after her unit got assigned um combat infantry you know Mm -hmm. and she immediately knew that it was not right like everything she was working for all her consistently saying war college this war college that and the instant she gets into war college she immediately hops back on that helicopter with them because she can't leave them mm-hmm. so i i wasn't worried honestly about rael and abigail because first of all if you murder rael like what was the whole point of this show to level? Because like they're yeah. focused on recruiting her. They were focused on you know like are she going to choose Spree? Is she going to choose the army? What's Rayo going to do? Like you kill off the main character like that. Where does your story go? There's no point of showing well, <laughs> you know. There's no point. Still, like everything else falls apart. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it feels good to be able to watch a scene like that without being worried and actually not even thinking about the fact that 
your the character that I suppose at least for me the character that represents me the most is dying but no you can actually you know focus on the unit feel and the heartbreak of the unit splitting up and and all that and you don't have to worry about the the gay character dying and I think that's very refreshing yeah yeah so speaking of Ray and Abigail that ending really divided some switches I mean, some people are now shipping them together. Some are confident they'll become a couple, but aren't happy about it. And some are even upset about the Rayella ending. What do you? What are your guys' thoughts on that? Because I will say, personally, in my opinion, I don't see Rayel and Abigail being a couple. I see them bonding together as sisters and becoming like family. And I mean, overcoming issues with each other for the better of themselves and their unit but if Elliot does decide to somehow write that together as long as it's you know beneficial like Raelle is happy about it and so is Abigail I'm not like close-minded to that idea I just don't think it's really there you know but we'll just have to see yeah I I agree on the whole um if if it's made right and they're both happy and I mean I wouldn't be opposed to it because if some would say I'll be gay for Abigail <laughs> it's just <laughs> I just don't see I don't I don't feel as emotionally attached to it as I would be to Rayla and they could definitely have potential if they're written correctly and it's fleshed out like it should be but I just see more of a sister family aspect for their relationship and about the Rayla ending I don't see it as this complete ending for them like they're never gonna meet again they're never gonna become a couple and they're never gonna have their happy ending because this break is definitely a good thing for them they can grow not just as people but emotionally and kind of understand what they had for each other because the whole Scylla being a part of the spree is definitely was definitely a big break in the relationship and even though we see kind of more of Rael coming to terms with it it, Mm -hmm. it's still going to be something big to get over I think something to note is and we're going to go further into this in a future episode but to all those people who i think really upset that there was no rayella scene or that rayel didn't immediately forgive her if you and all everyone else who called i guess rayella uh, like um their relationship like toxic if they stayed together and they had their moments or they continued on in the last episode like they did before I would consider that toxic at that point you know Mm -hmm. after the truth has come out after like they start to confront their feelings and if they ignored it and just try to continue on that's not healthy they need to be on a break right now and that's just because it will make them stronger in the long run. If they stay together and all that, that's just a ship heading for an iceberg. Sorry, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I agree, Lila, on uh, Rael and Abigail. Uh, Personally, I can't really ship them. I did 
like I caught a little bit of a vibe earlier on in the season but uh, now they just have such a strong bond as a unit that I can't I can't really imagine them as a couple I just see them as sisters that being said though I wouldn't be really surprised if they tried to make them a couple in season two but I'm confident that it would be a temporary thing and that in the end um Rael and Scylla would get back together because they're just there's no way that they can be over the way Elliot and the actresses talk about the ship it's just not something that could be done and over with in one season and um I'm not one bit upset about them being separated right now on the opposite I love that they're they're have space to grow on their own and they have so much to work through before they can even attempt to fix things so I'm really really glad that they're gonna have their own stories and their own character arc separate separately before we get them back together So the Switch's fandom was kind of torn about the finale. Some loved it and some were disappointed by it. Yeah, we we love the show, but every series has its what the heck moments. And there were a few in the finale. For example, a big one for me, um, and you actually kind of mentioned it already, uh, Zoe, was when the kid was running away from the helicopter and Rael just actually wastes time talking to him and giving him the battle charm when she could have just, you know, grabbed him and ran back to the helicopter. And I was actually yelling at the screen in that moment, like, what are you doing? Just just take him and throw him over your shoulder and just run back. <laughs> so I suppose that was a bit way over dramatic. I know they needed a reason for Rael and Abigail to stay behind, but I think they could have come up with something better. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I had um, a small one, which was Tally going from kind of being really suspicious of Alder and having conflicts with her motives and what she was uh, doing in command to just straight away take me and let me be like the biddy. Um, I understand that it was an in-the-moment decision and that it was it's for the greater good from what she knows. And they did have some scenes together where they did understand each other, but that was like one scene, maybe two. Mm-hmm. And it just, I don't know, it's just a lot. Yeah. So it really wasn't a what-the-heck moment for me, but it was more disappointment, um, I would have to say, is the graduation scene, which, you know, I would think would be a little bit more of a big deal. And I understand, I guess, there was more of a time crunch because it was put into the finale episode. But, like, we hear about the efforts in working up to uh, the transition to War College, and just for that scene to be, like, what, 
two minutes long, it felt like, or anything. It was barely there, you know, and there could have been so much more said. The glance between Anacostia and Petra, you know, more about the unit and their disappointment or interaction afterwards, you know, of why they didn't get in. I'm surprised they didn't kind of go confront Anacostia right away or something like that. Um, and just in general, it was kind of lackluster, and I would have liked to see a little more. Yeah, you're right. For me, another small moment, this is not, wasn't like disappointing, but it kind of made me laugh out loud when Alder finally accepts that, yes, the Camarilla are back. It was just such an oh shit moment. <laughs> like, she was such a meme. I. <laughs> just made me laugh. Yes, and then there was Anacostia just jogging up to the spree hideout and just standing there. I was like, girl, can you be any more suspicious? <laughs> but it also it also raises some questions like, it, did she make this plan with Scylla? And if so, when did they have time to talk about this? Because it just skips from uh, Anacostia being on the floor to immediately, like, Scylla going inside and then Anacostia jogging up after her. Mm-hmm. And I also have to put a note, if they are teaming up, I'm expecting a buddy cop-like episode with them. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I want that. <laughs> yeah, I'd be game for that. Exactly. It's, it's... I have ideas. Come to me. Wait, what? <laughs> As- when Anacostia was giving Scylla the lighter, didn't she pretty much say, like, you're on your own after this? Like, I can't do anything else. <laughs> was that their code? Just, like, a small wink? Just, like, you're on your own. Wink. You're not. See you outside, buddy. <laughs> See you outside. Also, I have, I have to say this. Like, I'm starting to worry about, um, about this show, really. Like, do they not have enough people? Is that it? Because, like, the military, I know witches are struggling with the decreasing population, but are they just running low on competent soldiers? Because, like, they had to, for the whole mission, they pretty much just relied on these three newly graduated witches who, in Alder's word, barely made it through basic training. So, where are... all the, the, the competence soldiers, where, where are your people? Your powerful witches that have won your wars. Alder is relying on them like they're these super soldiers. Even though Kalita insisted that they come along, she could, she, she could have brought um, more backup, honestly. She's treating them like Tally is this super knower, Rael is this like, super fixer, and Abigail, like... I have to make a point here. We've seen Tally's ability as a knower. We've seen Rael's ability as a fixer. We honestly haven't seen Abigail's ability as a blaster. So I'm wondering, what are they holding out on? Is it, like, really, really powerful? You know? Because at this point, you would think there would be more to it. I feel like we've seen more of um, Abigail's abilities as a leader Mm -hmm. rather than just her battle skills more her leading skills and why she's taking charge of the unit and how she's growing into that role. 
And that could go into the thing, like, uh, one to lead, one to see, and one to heal, is, like, they're specifically aiming at her leader abilities, but you would also think that we would see a bit more of her blasting capabilities, too. There was the scene in the gym where both Rael and her called the storm when they were fighting, you know? Mm-hmm. But really, other than that, I haven't seen much ability. I mean, there was hand-to-hand combat against the two infiltrators at the Bellwether wedding. But that was mostly, like I said, hand-to-hand combat and not actually, like, seed fighting mm-hmm. capabilities. Also, um, kind of just uh, worried about the show, like... The the camarilla was also short on people. Like when they're doing the scene where they leave Rael and Abigail behind, one thing that would have really helped helped um sell that scene would have been if there had been more enemies around. You know, they're they they take down all the enemies that we can see. And yes, we can still assume that there are more enemies and the helicopter was hit by somebody far away, so you can assume that they're still trying to to make the helicopters explode, but we don't actually see any enemies. You could have just put some random people of the Camarilla around Rael and Abigail so we understand why they're just leaving them there to die. <laughs> so do we, we need more people to join Motherland. I, I can offer. I'll, I'll go and be a background person in Motherland. I'll be a camarilla if they need me to. I volunteer to tribute. <laughs> I will be a tree if they need me to be a tree, even. <laughs> I could be a mushroom. <laughs> Great. Are we just being objects now? Oh, jeez. Okay, yeah. Moving on. <laughs> Adding on to the whole just taking... um. Abigail, Tally, and Rael instead of other people. I feel like it could also tie into the fact that they know more than the other witches. And if th- this mission were to go badly, which it, you know, Alder would probably hope that it didn't. But if it did, then she would kind of be getting rid of, you know, some of the people who know about what she's doing. Which is despicable to think about, but also. I feel like it could be something that she would do. Yeah, that you definitely make a point there. Um, but like to bring it to the last final, I think what the heck moment for me and one of the most I guess curious plot themes that has not been addressed is the mushroom which needs a lot more explanation. And when I mean the mushroom, I mean the suspicious, gooey wall that Rael touched and then had a really icky finger, and then the icky finger is gone. I'm just saying. We don't hear about it again. But I I really think we have to look at... So originally, I know that Rael is linked to the wall after she touched it in the Necro building, and... We see it when she heals Kalita and she gets, um, and the illness gets absorbed there instead of being, like, you know, absorbed into Rael's body itself. Um, at that point, I thought it would weaken Fort Salem a bit, almost like it was poisoned at, like, more like a root cause, you know, and then maybe General Alder would even feel the effects of it because she's connected to Fort Salem. 
you know, I was trying to think maybe that's why she made such rash or harsh decisions is maybe it was corrupting her thought process a little, but that seemed a little far-fetched. And then I connected uh, also when I realized the healers were trying to heal Kalita of the illness initially. The illness had such a self-defense mechanism that it started destroying the room. And then the next time they try to prevent it from spreading all that, it pretty much it gouged out a witch's eye. Um, and then that made me think of the ending scene with Rael and Abigail is that because Rael is still connected to the wall somehow and when she was dying and even linked up and Abigail linked up with her that the um, mushroom and the illness maybe acted as a self-defense mechanism again and brought them back to life hence the black fungus spore explosion that occurred yeah I agree we definitely need more answers about the mushroom and I can't wait to see more of it in season two yeah, that's definitely um, one of the bigger answers we're going to need when we go into season two, because we were given so many questions this um, finale. First of all, let's just take a moment to appreciate the fact that we have a season two of Motherland Fort Salem. Woohoo! Clap, clap, <laughs> clap, 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 clap. I am so excited, guys. I'm like can, jumping off the Can we also just day. say, finding out like that was so funny because the fandom was going crazy over the rumors and they were like, is this for real though? It's not official yet. Will it be true? And I was like, yes, guys, it's true. Just chill out. <laughs> I feel like they were forced to release that info a little sooner than they planned. Yeah. <laughs> because everyone was panicking about said rumors, you know. Um, so that was actually, it kind of showed the power that the Switches fandom has, you know. <laughs> like, everyone's yeah. losing their mind on Twitter. And Motherland is like, oh, God, you guys, we have to tell them now or it's not going to be okay. <laughs> And there is so much coming to us in season two. Alder is going to have more space since um, Len was promoted to series regular. Congratulations on that. And the mushroom is going to play an important part as well. Scylla and Anacostia will continue to to have their shared storyline. We will learn more about Willa. Rael will meet her mother at some point. And um, we have the fact that Abigail and Rael are linked now tally has to be unfitted <laughs> and it's possible the camarilla will become the big bad now what are you guys most excited for well while tally being unbitted is something big that would happen in season two and something i, I also want to see how that would work I also want to see um, Biddy Tally because she's going to be there for every decision Alder makes. And she's the one who had the biggest conflict um, with Alder and her decisions. And I just want to see them have this conflict, but also kind of learn from each other and kind of just have that, like teaching each other what's right and maybe both learning from each other. I just want to see a bond between them. I don't know why, but I do. <laughs> 
I'm most excited to learn about this extreme power that Rael seems to hold. I mean, we've clearly seen her abilities to an extent, but I still feel like they're holding back on what she's fully capable of. And I want to see how that will change the game when it comes to her unit, the army, and whichever route that she decides to take. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I cannot wait for this slow burn between Rael and Sola. And I would be really curious, see something that I would love to see is Anacostia and Sola talk about Rael and maybe talk about the fact that Sola still loves Rael and is worried that Rael doesn't love her anymore. I would love that kind of conversation between them. I'm also really excited to know more about Alder. She's been... See, I've been very conflicted about her character this season. I've gone from really liking her to kind of being disappointed with uh, what we've been shown. And then to, again, being curious to learn more because she was, she was a lot interesting in the last couple of episodes. And so I really can't wait to explore her character more and understand her power a lot better. It's probably time to wrap this up. So, Lila, thank you so much for being here with us today. We loved having you, Lila. It was so much fun. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I had an awesome time filming this. Before we close this episode, we should remind you all to tune in this Thursday for a special edition podcast episode. We have been working on a little extra in honor of the finale we asked you all to send us your comments and we've put them together in a special episode of our switches podcast so don't forget to check this thursday on our twitter account for the special episode release as always let us know what you think of our podcast come talk to us on twitter as switches podcast and stay tuned for more announcements coming up in the following weeks We're here to get you through the hiatus, so stick with us. That's all for now. Thanks for tuning in. Onward to glory, soldiers!